Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. The book of Nehemiah. Begin with the first verse, you will find these words so recorded. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he ridiculed the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brethren and of the army of Samaria, What are these people Jews doing? Will they restore things? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish? burn ones at that. Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said, Yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt upon their own heads and give them up to plunder in a land where they are captive. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sins be blotted out from thy sight. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So we labored at the work, and half of them helped the spear from the break of dawn till the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, Let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night, and may labor by day. So neither I nor my brethren nor my servants Now the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes, each kept his weapon in his hand. Lord, help us today that we might be as committed as these men of old. My mind is made up, and so they finished the wall because they had a mind to work. Would it not be wonderful? Uh, that if we could say within the last 4,000 or 4,500 years that man has changed, you know, it would be sort of a laughing matter if it was not so serious. Uh, But the truth of it is, the inward man, as he addresses himself to God and those things that relate to him and to his kingdom, and that relate to his personal being, have not changed seemingly one degree within the last 4,000 years. We have to spring basically anew again and align ourselves with God or we will be in the same predicament as people of old. Now we see a situation here within our scriptures that we want to look at just momentarily before we come to this sacred place here and have our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jerusalem had been sacked and the walls had been breached. And this once proud and glorious uh, city and now had fallen into rubble. And the beasts of the night could come and go through the wall as they would. Now she lay broken in defenses, very ineffective. Her people were scattered and here she was in ruin. And that always had been so. Jerusalem, you know, was more than just a city. It was a symbol. It stood for something. And Jerusalem was a collecting place for God's people. It was their strength. She was her teacher. And she was the comfort to her people. She was the one who called them 
uh, to be committed and reminded them of who they were and what they were called to be. Beloved, if you would take the church today and substitute the church for Jerusalem, you would find precisely and exactly the same thing. This is what the church is about today. Now in the day of Nehemiah, we find this man in a foreign country, the cupbearer king. He had it made. Why would he be concerned about a city that was a long distance away that in all probability he would never go to again? Why was he so upset about the situation? And why did God speak to this man? Here he was, next to the king, the most trusted man in the kingdom. Because he was committed to the king in such a way the king trusted him. Everything that the king was to eat or to drink had to pass through his hand to make sure that the king wouldn't be poisoned. What a high, honorable, and trusted position that Nehemiah had. And then God speaks to him. Build the wall. Restore Jerusalem. And this is what the story is all about. It's a very fascinating story and a very interesting one. And most of us are familiar with it. I took the heart of it this morning and read it to you. What does those three or four verses tell us about God and about our relationship to Him? Let me quickly call them now to your attention. It tells us that God is still alive. God is still alive, the one and the same God that challenged Nehemiah and his small band of long ago is the one and the same that is calling us today. In fact, beloved, in the last few years, the Holy Spirit has been at work in our world and the likes of which that I have never seen before in my lifetime. Let the story say to us that the same God that called Nehemiah is one and the same God that calls us today. And beloved, this story tells us that we do not have to be afraid to do those things that God has called us to do. Especially, we need not be afraid of those who would distract us from doing the thing that we have purposed within our heart to do for God. Now, it's a shame and a tragic situation, but the most serious and vicious criticism that Nehemiah had did not come necessarily from the pagans, but it came from those people who were called Jews. The most vicious betrayal that he was nearly betrayed with came within the ranks of those that he trusted. It is interesting to know that the curse that he called for these who opposed the building of the wall. Why build the wall anyway? I suppose that if we had been there and we could have tried to thought of reasons why the wall should not have been built, we would have been as those who stood there that day and said the same things that they said of long ago. We could think of 10,000 different reasons why that wall did not need to be rebuilt. But seemingly those who were vicious in their criticism never had another plan for God or His people. And they never asked, is this the will of God? They finished their work under heavy criticism. Listen to it. You feeble Jews, can you restore the glory of Jerusalem? Will you sacrifice? Will even after you start, the thing be finished? You haven't anything to build with, only burnt stone. And if after you have built it, if a fox would walk upon the wall, the thing would fall down. Beloved, 
the story should tell us if it be the call of God, let us stand. Not a hair of your head will be harmed. Not one. Again, God does not need great numbers necessarily to do His will. Just one, and God is a majority. And in the last place, beloved, it tells us that let us stand in our place. Let every one of you, let it be a personal thing between you and God if it's not, beloved, do not do it. This is something that has got to be so personal, so personal, that it's a matter between you and God, not the preacher, not the church, not anyone else. Take your stand. Where has God called you to stand? And when you understand where you have been called to stand for God, you stand there. Even if you have to stand as they did with a weapon in one hand and the building material in another hand. Beloved, we are called to stand. One of the things that scares me within this great Methodist church of ours is we spend a great deal of our time and look at our reports as we make them. Most of the people that come to us and have come to us the last years in the Methodist church, all of our churches, have come to us from other Methodist churches or other Christian groups. Beloved, one thing that we're called, and that is to take the message of God to the unsaved. I have not looked at the record, but one called and told me uh, that Mutual Methodist Church stands third of some 500 some odd churches in this conference. Stands third on the list as winning the greatest number of people to Christ this past year. And beloved, I want to tell you uh, that we are not setting the world apart by winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet that is one of the prime objects we are called into existence. That is that we may take the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ to our community and to the unsaved. Nehemiah, build that wall because my people need to have something they can identify with. Nehemiah, build the walls of Jerusalem again to remind my call. Tell them that they are a people of God. Nehemiah, build that wall and prepare my people to be the instrument in my hand that I through which will save the world. That was 3,000 years before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nehemiah, I am at work in the world. I love the world. I love my people. Build the wall in order that they might know that they have a destiny that's other than just connected with this earth. Let us, as we come now, to this altar here. Let each man stand in his place and think about his response and his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 